pandemic rapidly accelerated many companies' digital efforts. But did you possess the digital expertise necessary to function in a completely new work environment? Sure, you've had a year to work on your Zoom skills, but are you running with the rest of your team? Or do you still feel like you're lagging behind and things are continuing to evolve too quickly? Today, we are discussing the dangers of being considered the digital dunce and some ways to help others perceive you as the technical hero you aspire to be. Welcome to the 90th percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes to get to the 90th percentile. I'm Brianna Horan, and joining me today is renowned psychometrician and my digitally savvy father, Joe Folkman. Digitally savvy? Gosh, I'm impressed. You think so? <laughs> well, you embrace all new technology, except Instagram. Never, you never got on that one, so don't follow him there. <laughs> but before last year, we, we never had to use all these platforms we're using on a daily basis now, like Zoom and Teams. According to one survey, 77% of CEOs reported that the pandemic sped up their company's digital transformation plans. And Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella noted that in the early days of the crisis, that we saw two years worth of digital transformation in just two months. And some are imagining that we've gone even more than that. Yeah, the pace of digital change has been quite shocking, and many have been feeling overwhelmed, left behind, and some are resisting this new digital transformation. Well, resistance is not a new phenomenon. You may have heard the term Luddite before. Hopefully you haven't been called it. It typically refers to a person who doesn't want to accept new technology, but you may not know the story behind it. Let me take you back to 1779 and a group of very skilled and well-trained textile workers and weavers. After working for centuries and maintaining good relationships with merchants who sold their products, the fateful introduction of machinery not only replaced the need for their handcrafted garments, but also introduced poorly paid and low-skilled jobs in these large factories. These machines that had the ability to do their job was disastrous and heartbreaking for these people who had spent so many years learning and perfecting their craft. Now, to save their livelihood, these craftsmen tried to renegotiate terms and conditions in their new workplace. You can imagine that it didn't go over so well with the wealthy factory owners. An elusive figure called Ned Ludd, a young apprentice, took matters into his own hands and destroyed a textile apparatus in 1779. In the following years, different groups of workers said they were taking orders from General Ludd and issued manifestos using his name to continue the work of dismantling the machinery. Interesting side note, there is no evidence of Ned Ludd's actual existence. He's kind of like a mythical Robin Hood figure, but now the resistance had their name, the Luddites. An article describing this moment in history said, 
quote, sporadic outbreaks of violence would proceed through the years in various forms, not always related to factory work, but in retaliation for the industrialization process affecting many established traditions and practices. The Luddites were the pioneers in this struggle against machinery replacing the work of men. The struggle is just as real today for us as it was for them. But the advice we have is that unlike the Luddites who were fighting against the technology, we believe you should embrace it. Yes, Bree, several years ago, I was doing interviews with an oil company looking for inefficiencies. As I scanned down the names of employees, two were at the bottom of the list, and I asked, what do these two do? The senior manager for the group said, they file blueprints. I said, is that a full-time job? And the manager said, well, it's the only job they can do. Uh, we switched to digital and they had no desire or capability to learn the new tools. While this is an extreme example, I wonder what the impact is on possessing cutting edge digital capability for leaders today. Interesting. A few years ago, one of my clients updated their 360 assessment and wanted to measure something called digital expertise. I did this by including the following item in the evaluation. Uh, keeps on top of whatever technical and digital developments that create a competitive advantage for the organization. I gathered data from 180 leaders on this and 35 other leadership behaviors that, based on our research, were critical for leaders to be effective. Now, this data was gathered before the pandemic, right? Yes. The research showed that poor digital effectiveness skills had a more substantial negative influence than we thought. Leaders in the bottom 10% on digital capability were 28 percentile points below average in their overall leadership effectiveness. Leaders in the top 10% were 17 percentile points above average in their overall leadership effectiveness. One implication of this is that people expect all leaders to have excellent digital skills. It is the lack of these skills that now has the greater impact on a person's perceived leadership effectiveness. In other words, doing poorly affected you more than doing really well on digital skills. So what skills or behaviors did leaders possess that enabled them to improve their digital effectiveness? Is there hope for them? Well, we looked at all the behaviors assessed and I identified four behaviors that showed the largest difference between high and low scoring leaders on digital effectiveness. I was looking for insights into actions that would help leaders improve. The first one I identified was growth mindset. Carol Dweck describes two different mindsets that impact the individual's effectiveness. A fixed mindset assumes that people are born with a particular set of talents. Mm -hmm. These are fixed. A growth mindset assumes that people can learn new skills throughout their lives. Now, leaders with a fixed mindset, in other words, I have what I have, I can't be anything better, have the motto, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Mm -hmm. Those with a growth mindset challenge themselves to learn and develop new skills. Yeah. So looking at this graph, it shows that the percentage of leaders with above average digital effectiveness 
Um, and there's five different age groups that you looked at that were measuring this digital effectiveness. And what's very clear, absolutely clear, is that as people age, a lower percent were rated above average at digital effectiveness. So basically, as you get older, you get worse, yeah, right? You, you, get, you get dumb. <laughs> there's, some, there's some good news here in the group that was 60 to 70 years old you had a one in five chance of being perceived as uh, possessing good digital skills now. So there's presumably <laughs> one person there that had a growth mindset. <laughs> okay. So one out of five, maybe not the best percentage. What, what else can these older leaders do to increase their skills and this perception um, that they have this desire to be digitally savvy, to have this expertise? Well, the, the number two issue was having the courage to change. Change is difficult and presents the possibility that a person might fail, right? If you don't even try to change, then you won't fail. Well, actually you fail more, mm. but having the courage to change is demonstrated by learning new skills, asking others questions, being open to others' feedback, trying something. Mm -hmm. Well, learning digital skills is no different than learning how to golf. Those who practice and seek to improve, who are open to coaching from others, inevitably get better. But their colleagues that are not trying to move forward, in reality, those who tread water are falling backwards because the vast majority of those around them are constantly improving their technical skills. Yeah, I admit that. I don't love learning a new digital platform. I mean, heck, I play, <laughs> I pay way too much for an iPhone because I don't want to figure out how to work a different phone. I'm too entrenched. iPhones, Apple got me. But we, we all get that way. And change, it does take courage. So what, what's next? Well, the next one was a clear vision of the impact of digital on the business. It's maybe we call this digital curiosity. Leaders who were the most effective at digital effectiveness had a clear line of sight between the business today and the possibilities of a digital future along with the impact it would have on the business. They resisted being stuck in the good old days and looked forward to a different future. Oh, the good old days are yeah. gone. <laughs> I wish we could. <laughs> the final behavior was the desire to be a role model. Many leaders have become comfortable having other people manage digital technology for them rather than learning it themselves. Several years ago, I met a senior leader who had his secretary print out all of his email messages. He would, he would then read the messages in longhand. He would write the response, then give it back to his secretary to respond. I only learned this because I asked the leader's secretary why it took so long for him to respond to email messages. <laughs> That's amazing. And bless, bless his secretary's heart. She probably had to explain that to a lot of people. In 2020, almost every employer across the world was impacted by the pandemic and in order to cope with working from home and other you know, changes that were necessary to reduce risk, digital effectiveness was moved from this nice to have skill to an essential skill that you have to have. Yes, it's no longer an option, but a necessity. After working from home, 
for a week, I realized that, wow, we didn't need an office. (laughs) We had email, we had Zoom, we had Microsoft Teams, WebEx, and other technologies. And we continue to have internal team meetings. We worked on projects with clients. We held training events, both domestically and internationally. And we were speaking virtually at conferences. Uh, A second realization is I didn't really need to travel as much as I used to. Several things that used to be essential, I've learned, are not that important. But it's absolutely clear that the importance of digital effectiveness will continue to accelerate. Learn from the Leadites. Even though these changes may disrupt your career, adopt that growth mindset and have the courage to enhance your digital skills and prepare yourself for future success. The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast, was written and recorded by Brianna Korn and Joe Folkman and produced by Sanger Folkman with music by Pleasant Pictures. If you're interested in learning more about Sanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly webinar series hosted by Jack Sanger and Joe Folkman, visit our website at sangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in the episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com.